Welcome to Campaign Chemistry, where we pick the brains of creative alchemists, business wizards, and marketing geniuses behind the world's greatest brand. Judy John left a career at creative agencies in 2019 to build a global creative department at PR giant Edelman. After nearly two decades at Leo Burnett, where she led the agency as CEO and chief creative officer in Canada and North America, moving to a PR firm was a bit of a culture shock, but it was also an opportunity to use the platforms, tools, and strategies available in the earned media space that creative agencies were lacking. Fast forward to 2023 and creatives and strategists are embedded on Edelman's client teams, allowing them to take advantage of cultural trends faster and create utility for consumers. In this episode, John, who was born and raised in Canada, talks about breaking into the ad industry, her work on the iconic Always Like a Girl campaign, and Canada's burgeoning creative scene. I'm Allison Weisbrot, editor of Campaign US, and you're listening to Campaign Chemistry. Hi, Judy. How are you? Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Awesome. So I'm really excited to speak with you today because you are a longtime creative that is now in the PR world. And I think that's a really interesting place to be. Um, So maybe let's start off by tell me a little bit about your role at Edelman and what is it like to be running a creative function within a PR firm um, that's different than, than what you did in the past? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I am the global chief creative at uh, Edelman and I live in Toronto. So thanks to the pandemic, it's much easier to work globally. And I, I think that everybody's feeling that, uh, that we're actually a, a more connected global community now than ever. So running a, a creative function at at uh, Edelman is very different than being in the advertising world. Um, I, when I first joined, I would say that I thought it was going to be a little bit different and a lot the same, and it's actually very different and a little bit the same. Well, expand on that a little bit. Tell me what, what's different and what's the same. I knew you were going to ask me that. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I said that... I thought you were going to keep going, but I, <laughs> I know I was like, I, I think I'll just leave it there. Um, well, I, you know, it's, it's coming from a very different starting point. Um, you know, from coming at it from advertising where I spent a lot of my career and having a lot of media plans that, that you need to accommodate, even though, a lot of clients say they want agnostic ideas. There are, you know, you, you fall into traditional media habits and testing and things like that. And what started to change my perception, I guess, you know, six years ago or seven years ago, I started thinking about how media was changing. And, you know, I personally wasn't, I, you know, I hadn't watched live TV in five years everything's pre-recorded. I fast forward through everything. And people were saying to me, you know, how, how can you be in the business and not actually engaged in, in any advertising? Um, and I, you know, looked at my daughter and her generation and I thought, you know, advertising is dying. I've, I've, I've got to figure out what the next thing is. A- advertising in the traditional sense, you know, is dying. And so moving over to PR and just seeing what was happening in Cannes and all the work that was winning in Cannes and is winning in Cannes, 
has a lot, a large earned component. You know, it's doing something in society. It's being amplified in earned media and in social. And so that became really interesting to me in terms of um, landscapes and, and, and playing in that area and, and joining PR. It's so different because the toolbox is so much bigger um, in terms of how you, how you come up with ideas that earn attention in the world. Mm. It's super interesting. I want to talk about like sort of what you've been, been trying to build within Edelman. But, but at first, I mean, first you were running Leo Burnett in Toronto for a long time. Do you feel like what sort of made you feel like you're saying how traditional advertising is dying? Like what, looking back, do you feel like needs to change about the, the creative agency business maybe that made you want to move on to a different type of organization? I think, you know, what I was missing in traditional advertising is we are creating, um, you know, a lot of it is creating commercials that force people to watch in commercial breaks. And, it, and I, I don't think that that's how, well, there's a lot of data that supports how people don't consume advertising in the way that they used to, right? It, and when you look at all the content that's being created every day, and you think about, um, you know, you, you even if you are watching television, you, you're on your phone, you might be on your computer at the same time, you have ad blockers. Um, so that earning earning your way into someone's conversation or consciousness, you know, you're, it all adds everything we read competes with one another competes with us, you know, the show I'm work, watching on Netflix or the article I'm reading online. So everything is competing against one another. And, and that's why the earned media space is so much more important today. Mm. So talk about like why, first of all, what was, what was Edelman's goal in bringing you on as the, the first global chief creative officer? And then what have you been building since, since you joined? Yeah. So, you know, Richard went to Cannes about, I guess, seven or eight years ago. And, um, you know, it, it was very much a, an advertising festival and, and we see that, it's changed so much over the, the years. And um, he saw the importance of creativity in breaking through and, and feeling the impact and the conversation, like, you know, highlighting causes and, and companies. And you can create such a groundswell with creativity that you that um, is another tool in the toolbox. And so he came back from Cannes inspired and thought, uh, you know, I've got to, I've got to bring creativity to classic PR and how do we come up with ideas that are earned, not just taking a, a commercial or something that isn't inherently earned um, and amplifying it. How do we create those ideas ourselves? And, and it's interesting being on this side of the business where 
sometimes we're in an IAT with an advertising agency and they'll say, you know, or a client will say, we want you to get this earned media. And it's a, it's a commodity or it's a product ad and we want people to talk about it. It's like, well, that ad wasn't built to mm. create conversation. So now you're working backwards and trying to retrofit an idea versus, okay, you have a new, you have a new flavor. How do we make that earned? Yeah. And I think you're right. Like a lot of the, the traditional swim lanes of PR and creative are blurring a little bit in this online world, right? Like you have to be creative in the way you engage on social media, but that's also considered an owned channel, right? So all these lines are blurring. Like in what way did um, creativity exist at Edelman before? And then like, what is now your remit? Have you brought people in? Like how, what, what, Talk about what you've set up at the company and how that integrates with PR differently than maybe it would with a typical advertising uh, department. Yeah, so I, I think that, you know, at Edelman, it started off as a department, um, much like other departments, you know, you can have these verticals and creatives would be one department and you can call on them and bring them into a project. And what we've started to do since I've joined is embed creatives into the accounts, much like from an advertising standpoint, so that you know that client, you know, you understand their business and the market and what's happening in culture. So you're always on top of what's going on. And so we come up with much more proactive ideas as a result. And I think that the thing we do differently, and this is a, um, an ethos from, from Richard is it's not enough to say that you're doing something, you have to do it. And I think that's the other difference in what we're trying to bring um, into, you know, communications is the action part. How do we inspire action from the companies we work with to make meaningful change? And how do we inspire people to do something? Um, whereas sometimes advertising could just be one way telling you something, um, saying something, but not actually following through and doing something. Mm. So give me, I guess, give me an example of like a campaign Edelman has worked on where creativity did that. Like the creative team allowed that to kind of happen. I would say that, um, one of the campaigns I'm really proud of this year uh, is for Vaseline, See My Skin. And so for Vaseline, we saw that um, the black and brown community weren't being, you know, when you looked at these underserved communities, if you have skin issues um, and you go on Google and you do a search, um, all the examples are of, you know, white skin. So we created the first database designed so that you could search your skin condition for um, skin of color. And so, and that would also connect you with a dermatologist. So I, I think that creating utilities like that, and that's what I'm talking about, the action. It's not just saying, hey, you know, Vaseline, we believe in, you know, um, being 
good for your skin, you know, regardless of what type of skin or color you, you know, your skin is, um, we're actually doing something to help um, people in, in different communities. Yeah, I feel like the utility is so important. Do you find that now that you're doing more things like that? I think the creative agencies are doing more things like that as well, right? Where there's like more utility attached. Does that put you more in direct competition with the the advertising creative world? Oh, absolutely. And and you're seeing that across, um, you know, especially when you look at can all the ideas are coming from, you know, different types of companies, different collaborations. and, and, you know, utility is such an important um, tool that we have and that we should be helping people live better lives. So, you, you know, you're seeing much more work with utility and technology at the heart of it. Yeah. So what's it been like um, for, for Edelman's teams to have creativity sort of put more in the center of, of what you guys do and, you know, like embed creatives on, on traditional PR teams, like has there, how has that culture shift been? Um, and is it still happening? It's still happening and it's, um, you know, it's rolling across all the, our regions and all of our biggest accounts. And that's something that we're focused on. Um, you know, especially on Unilever, we we won, I think, eight Lions for Unilever this year across um, three different programs. And so we're starting to see when we embed creativity and strategy in the, you know, in the heart of our of our biggest clients and, and clients who are wanting creative creativity across all of their work, that it's um, having effect on, you know, on the awards, but also on impact and reputation at sales. Is it also changing like what clients engages Edelman for like the types of work? Oh, absolutely. So we are, you know, being asked to do, um, a lot of different things. Um, I was just on a call with, um, one of my creative directors in APAC and we are branding a country and I can't say which country that is right now, but you know, that's, that's the type of work that we're, we're getting to do. Um, so yeah. clients are starting to see us for much more than traditional PR. You know, we're still very good at that. Of course, that's um, where the company started, but it's also, you know, what there's a lot more we could do with uh, creativity. That sounds like an interesting brief. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so you mentioned technology before, obviously like, Nobody can stop talking about generative AI. And if you were in Cannes this year, that was <laughs> the only two words you heard on the on the whole quest. But talk about how Edelman is embracing AI, like especially as you bring creativity more into the equation. Where do you see tools like ChatGPT and Midjourney like playing a role in in the overall marketing and communications field? Yeah, I think um Yes, it, everybody was talking about AI, and it's interesting the creative perspective on AI. We see it as a, a tool that is will help us get a lot more work done faster. You know, some of the work that is is um, I would say arduous, but also it can inspire. But it's AI is not the end result; it's a tool. And I think that that's how we're all feeling. You still need creativity 
um, on both sides of AI. So when you're inputting into AI, AI is only as good as your prompts, right? It's the questions you ask, the references you put in, that's what creates something new. And then you need a human on the back end of AI to curate because AI will just spit out some of it's false, some of it's true. Um, mm-hmm. and, and you still need a person with you know experience and taste to go, okay, that one we can work with. Um, but you know, in terms of comps, when you're doing uh, a comp for something, you know, Midjourney is great at comping things that would take hours to do on, um, you know, for an art director to comp together, or when you're doing research, um, it's 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 good for just kind of getting you out of your your thinking loop as well. Mm-hmm. All of the like advertising holding companies are announcing these partnerships with AI companies and coalitions. Like what is, what is as the largest PR firm, what is Edelman doing to kind of lead in the space and how are you training people? Yeah, we're doing a lot of uh, training in AI and we've done some experimentation with our, um, with our clients and we're the first to do, I think it was for Hellman's in Canada. We did some recipe hack that that was like early AI and everybody's doing that now. But we are also looking at how we do it in a way that, uh, you know, when you think about the threats of AI in healthcare, um, we're, we, you know, we're being, you know, of course, being Edelman, we want to be, we want to evolve and protect and not get, jump so far in that we're um, risking our client's business. So um, we're, we're doing a lot of studies around that as well. And in terms mm-hmm. of creativity, our creatives are experimenting. We have a jam session every week where if you join the call, you have to present something that you did with AI. You have two minutes to present. Um, something that we've been talking about is having all of our team's use AI in some capacity for every presentation because it's not going away. It is here to stay. um, And we want to make sure that everybody is up to speed. Yeah, for sure. I'm feeling like I need to get up to speed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, It's moving so quickly. I know. I know. So I want to talk a little bit about you and you have a, you have an interesting backstory. You know, you grew up with your parents ran a Chinese restaurant in, in Canada and now you're global chief creative officer at, at Edelman. Talk about how like you found creativity as a career path and what that was like for you to kind of break into the industry. Wow. It's uh yeah, I'm going back in time here. I, it's uh <laughs> I grew up in a small town. So when you grow up in a small town and you're creatively minded, you can feel like an outsider um, and not fall into those traditional boxes of um, what you're going to do for a living. And I was, um, I was addicted to television. I did everything in front of the TV, like study for exams. Um, and I wanted to get into advertising. So I moved to... Toronto and started internships, writing research papers, and just, I love ideas. I love ideas. 
every day. Like any size, everything is uh, a possibility. And that's, um, you know, getting into the business is, it was like finding my people, you know, find, when you find your uh, community and, um, you know, just talking about ideas, it's like a dream job. Mm-hmm. Going to Cannes, talking about, you know, collaborations and the next thing. Um, and that's why I, I like AI. It's just like another tool to experiment with and, and see what we can create. Yeah. When you got into the industry, you built your career at Leo Burnett. Talk about like what um, a lot of people like bounce around, right? To different jobs, different agencies. There's a lot of turnover. What made you stay and like what, I guess, advice do you have for talent or for agencies to retain their talent? Yeah. Before I joined Burnett, I think I went to like five or six agencies in five years. So I was not a serial monogamous at all. Um, (laughs) And, you know, when you're young, you're, and I would, and I've talked about this where the grass is always greener. So I would work at an independent agency and I'd go, you know, and then I'd look at the big agencies and think they have bigger budgets, they have bigger brands. So then I would go to a BBDO, um, And then you get, you know, frustrated in the system and you look at a small independent shop and say they have like way more autonomy. They can, you know, smaller clients who are riskier Then I would go do that. And I bounce back and forth, like literally independent to multinational back and forth. Um, And then, you know, I just, uh, Leo Burnett was my first job as chief creative And I decided, you know, after meeting a bunch of people that the grass will always be greener. So Mm -hmm. as a leader, how do you make your own grass green? And once you decide that you're going to do that, because it's all kind of the same, um, the people are different and and the systems are are different, but what you create is the same, Mm -hmm. um, possibly. And the teams you build are different. So um, how, as a leader, do you make your own grass greener? And that really changed my career. And, and I stayed at Burnett because I was chief creative in Canada. Then I was CEO and, and chief creative. So that gave me a whole new skill set. Then I was uh, chief creative for North America at Burnett. Um, so the landscape kept changing and I kept growing. Um, and that's why I stayed so long is like, I love the challenge. I love the growth. Um, and just like experimenting in different regions and markets. Um, that's the interesting part. How did you make the grass greener for yourself? Um, you know, it's, (laughs) it's account. It's, I love building teams. It's like putting the right people together for things. And with the right clients, right? It's all about team building. And then how do you create that culture where everybody feels a part of that idea and that anything is possible? Um, every time we pitched, I, was, I would naively think we could win. Like, I just, it didn't matter who we were competing against. I was like, y'all, we can win this thing. Like, we just need one idea. And, and sometimes, you know, 
one time we were pitching two banks at the same time and we were, you know, in these two massive bank pitches and, you know, they both start with like a list of 30 and then we came down to the final two in both pitches and then we won both pitches. And it was one of those insane moments where it was like, yeah, yeah, we could, we could do that. We did that. Are you allowed to have two massive bank clients at the same time? No, no, no. We we had to pick one. Um, but, you know, that's like a, it's such a privilege. Um, so yeah. every time out, I try to be the most ambitious person in the room um, and try and get everybody excited and inspired to go go charge that hill. Yeah. Well, one, one hill you definitely charge is the Like a Girl campaign. The Always campaign was a really big moment. Um, in your career, you worked on it and it won a ton of different awards in Cannes. What did that feel like for you? Just like get like sort of really cracking it and, and having this award-winning campaign that really blew up. Yeah, it was, um, it was really unexpected. I have to tell you, it was like the story of it was, you know, we were in a bad spot with that client. Um, we weren't doing good work and, um, yeah, client wasn't happy with us. And I, I wasn't working on the brand because I was in Canada and I got a call from our, our global CEO and he said, I want you to work on, I want you to work on always. And I thought, Oh God, like who did I offend to get on this project? Like, it's like, (laughs) you know, at the time, like working on, on femme high is like not anybody's highlight of their career. Now it's amazing. But at the time it was like, Oh, this is like, Okay. I, and I tried to get out of it. I said, look, you know, I've got two other jobs. I'm like, and he's like, please, I need you to do this. Cause you know, the client's not happy and we're going to lose this account. So, um, and it was really rewarding because I was working with a whole new team and, um, and just trying to get that team to gel. And I brought in a couple of, of people that I work with normally and um just started like i made everybody meet live um in rooms and um and then i met with the client and you know people were saying you know they don't they're not buying anything good um and i i said to him so what like what are we not getting and he said i want to i want this to be an iconic brand i want I want always to be iconic like Apple. And I was like, this is a pad with wings. Like this is not your next <laughs> iPhone. But I, you know, I looked at him and I thought, I love this guy. Cause he's so ambitious. He's more ambitious than I am. And that embarrassed <laughs> me that a client wants and thinks this, this could be bigger than I, I do. And I was like, okay, we're going to do this, but you and I are going to call each other and we're going to make this thing happen, but it's going to like, it's going to take us to weigh in every day and will this thing to the finish line. Cause it's like when, when you try to make incredible things, it's hard. Like yeah, yet the ambitious things are the hardest things to make. And uh, sometimes it takes years. Like, you know, we've had campaigns where it takes years to get it off the ground. Um, so he was like, okay, I'm in, call me. And we had to call each other. Um, and there were moments like when I was in Cannes one time and they wanted to take out 
they wanted to make a massive edit to the um, to the spot, and I just said we we can't do that. And I had to call them directly. Mm-hmm. You have to just really like get in the trenches and yeah, make it happen. Yes, you have to will it, and you have to have a champion on both sides who are willing to like go all in and go to bat and go argue with people and you know. Yeah. For sure. So one thing I think is interesting is that you have built this iconic creative career from Canada, which I think a lot of people don't always, I think it's a little overlooked and I think there's a lot of creativity happening in Canada right now. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I think, you know, there were the entries in can were up a ton from Canadian agencies. Campaign is actually, uh, putting down some roots in Canada, which I can talk more about oh, at another good. time. Yes. But um, talk about the creative scene in, in Canada and like what makes it different. Yeah. And you know, Canada is so scrappy and, and that's, you know um, and it requires because the budgets are smaller and you know, the, the land masses, it, it, you know, our, our footprint is huge, but, you know, the amount of people we have is 10% of what the U.S. has. Um, so our budgets are smaller and um, it forces us to be that much more creative with the budgets that we have and how do we break through. And when I was working in Canada, I would convince our multinational clients, we could do something in Canada and, you know, it's like a test market size. You know, we could test market something here and if it it goes well, then it'll get picked up in other parts of the world. And, you know, that's how I started to work on more and more global campaigns um, because we have, you know, clients who, who are like, yes, you know, ambitious. And we have creatives who are, um, yeah, you know, scrappy. Yeah, it's an exciting market. Um, one other thing that... Uh, you, so you're you're a very experienced judge of, of creative work, but one jury that you just joined is the Big C Brief, which is part of Publicis's uh, yes. working with cancer pledge. So talk yeah. about that and why you got why you got involved with it. Um, yeah, it's such an important pledge, and um, you know it it came from Artur and his experience um, with cancer, and you know when he talked about it. For the first time in the press, you know, Richard, my boss, uh, Richard Edelman, he he worked through cancer as well. And he said, you know, I want to support this and I'm all in. And, you know, when you think about the impact cancer has had on all, of, you know, everybody we know in some way or fashion, um, it's such an important thing that we get um, a cause that we get involved with. And so it is a global brief to the to the global community that was announced in Cannes um, to help um, you know people working with cancer. You know, it's it's B two B. It's how do we inspire companies to do more um, and destigmatize cancer for people who are working with it. Mm. What are you, what are you hoping to see from the competition or like, what is sort of the goal? Um, I'm excited. I, I think that the work is going to be, you know, we've never had a global brief where we brought the entire global community 
together on one problem. Um, and I'm hoping to see, you know, uh, utility, you know, as we talked about um, for people working with cancer and suffering from cancer. Um, and I'm hoping to see unique regional insights and, um, you know, hopefully some laws being changed in, in places that where it needs to happen. Yeah. It's super important. Um, and it's, it's, it's a really, it's a really cool rallying cry that they've kind of pulled together. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, awesome. Well, Judy, thank you so much for joining me today. It was great to have you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's always, uh, it's always great to talk about the work. Yes. That's what we love to do here. Yes. Thank you. That's all the time we have for this week. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to Campaign Chemistry on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.